You're listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 57. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. All right, all right, all right. Hello, everyone. How are you doing this fine day? My name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people. Guess what? That's you. Build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, a wealth advisor, a fiduciary, a nice guy. I'm tired. I'm going to tell you why. Because I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Today's episode, by the way, is what should I do with my investments during the presidential election? And we're going to get to that in just a moment. I'm going to explain to you real quick why, why, why my voice sounds a little bit raspy this morning. So I just finished up one of my retirement classes last night. Awesome bunch of people. These people were eager and motivated to start making smarter financial decisions. The fact that they signed up for a class, paid for a class, and listened to me talk for six hours spread over two nights shows me that they're motivated to take steps to helping their financial future to get to their ultimate financial freedom. It was such a pleasure spending time with them. And I talked to some of the folks after class. I didn't leave the school until after 10 o'clock. Then I started driving home and I was hungry. And I thought to myself, man, I know what my buddies are over at a bar nearby because we are all part of this softball league. I think I mentioned a few weeks ago, not very good, but we are part of a softball team and meet at a bar afterwards. So I rationalized in my head, I'm hungry, so maybe I should just stop by and see what the boys are up to. Was that a smart decision? Maybe not, but did I have fun? Absolutely. The bummer, though, was when I got there, the kitchen was already closed, so no food for me, but I did get to enjoy a couple refreshments, but I'm used to going to bed so early. We put our our youngest kids to bed at 8.15. My wife and I watch a show. Our lights are off 9, 9.15, so I didn't get home until midnight. Then I had to eat dinner and finally went to sleep. Why am I telling you all this? Because I want you to feel sorry for me. That's why. And on top of it all, today I need to take my little girls to the dentist after school. I don't know if you have little kids, but it's not usually a fun experience. As much as I tell my little Eva that it's not going to be a big deal getting her teeth cleaned. She's going to cry. It's going to be a fiasco. And there's nothing I can do about it. I see the train wreck coming, but I can't stop it. Let's get to the topic of the day. What should I do with my investments during this presidential election? Well, last week we talked about the third quarter and how the various asset classes performed. 
in various countries. And I mentioned to you that we were going to do an episode on the presidential election today. And if you did listen to last week's episode, I did post the third quarter results commentary. And at the end of the report, I did post an article talking about the presidential election. And that's what I'm going to go through today. You guys know there's an election going on? I bet you do because you cannot turn anywhere and get away from it. You turn on the TV and every commercial is about the presidential election. You read the news, presidential election. You get on your Facebook page and you can't even sift through the things that you want to like pictures of your friends kids or whatever because everything is about the presidential elections and the fights oh my goodness the fights and I'm not sure that a lot of these people that are posting on Facebook realize that when we are a Republican or a Democrat for the most part we're anchored down to our political views We've already made our decision. The fact that somebody's posting some article from some obscure source is not going to change the other person's mind. It's just going to be a fight. I wish people would stop fighting. And the hatred that I'm feeling from both of these candidates, it's all about trashing the other person. I can't remember the last time I actually read about an issue. All I'm reading about is both of them trashing each other or other people trashing them. It's kind of disgusting. But this, my friends, is the media. The question for us, though, is, and a very important question, what about my investments during this election? What's going to happen if Hillary wins? What's going to happen if Trump wins? Do I get out of the market right now and wait till I figure out who wins? Or depending on who wins, do I get out of the market right after the election? Those are questions that are in our head. Because as much as we think that we're buy and hold investors, that we're going to hold our investments, our emotions get the best of us. And the more we read the financial media and the media in general, and we hear things like Hillary's going to destroy the economy or Trump's going to destroy the economy, we think, oh, good Lord. What am I going to do with my investments? This, it can't be good. So we think we need to act because we're a people of action and inaction means we're just sitting on our hands and not doing anything. I mean, next month, Americans will head to the polls to elect the next president of the United States. The outcome is completely unknown right now, but one thing is for certain. There will be a steady stream of opinions from pundits and all kinds of people about how the election will impact the stock market. So I'm going to spend my time, though, telling you that investors, me and you, are going to be better served to avoid the temptation to make significant changes to a long-term investment plan based on these sorts of predictions that we read in the newspaper or watch on the news. Because guess what? These are just opinions. And I'm going to spend some time looking back through history 
So maybe we can have a calmer feeling about our investments and about the presidential election, the upcoming elections. So if you listen to a lot of these episodes, you know that trying to outguess the market is a losing game. The great John Bogle, over 90 years old, been on Wall Street for a great deal of his life, went to Yale, spent so much time researching the stock market at the Center for Research on Security Prices. And he said, In all his years on Wall Street, he does not know anyone who can time the market again and again. Furthermore, he doesn't know anyone who knows anyone who can time the market over and over again. Because when you make the first decision of getting out or getting in, now you need to make that second decision. And then you got to make it again. See, current Market prices or stock prices offer up-to-the-minute snapshot of the aggregate expectations of stock market participants. So all of these expectations are already baked into the price. This includes expectations about the outcome and impact of elections. And while unanticipated future events, surprises relative to those expectations may trigger price changes in the future, the nature of these surprises cannot be known to us today. We do not have a crystal ball. We do not know what's going to happen next. But the actual price of every stock has the expectations baked in it already. So as a result of all of this, it is difficult, if not impossible, to systematically benefit from trying to identify mispriced securities. It all goes back to the efficient market. Eugene Fama, Nobel laureate 2013, has spent a lifetime researching the stock market and explaining the efficiencies in the stock market, which makes it incredibly difficult for anyone to beat the market, period. So all of this means that it's unlikely that investors can gain an edge by attempting to predict what will happen to the stock market after the presidential election. So I am listing on bestandwealth.com. If you go there and go to episode number 57, I will post this article again. And in this article has a couple of charts. And it dates back all the way to January 1926. And in the first chart, you're going to see what happened to the stock market the month of each election. Is there some sort of pattern that we can use to predict whether or not we should get out of the market if a Democrat wins or if a Republican wins? What happened in those months after an election winner. And what you're going to find is that the graph illustrates that election month returns were all well within the typical range of returns, period, regardless of which party won the election. It's all random. There are some months during a presidential election where Democrat was elected and had some positive returns. Same with Republicans and vice versa is true. Some negative, some positive. No pattern, no way to actually predict any of this stuff. So what about us as long-term investors? Because 
Really, there's no reason for us to be in the stock market if we're in it for the short term. Predictions about the presidential election and the stock market often focus on which party or candidate will be quote unquote better for the market over the long run. So the other exhibit that's in this article that I'm going to post shows the growth of $1 invested in the S&P 500 over nine decades and 15 presidents. Coolidge, Hoover, Roosevelt, Truman, Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Bush, and Obama. And again, the data does not suggest an obvious pattern of long-term stock market performance based upon which party holds the Oval Office. The key takeaway of this exhibit, if you look at it, is that over the long run, the market has provided substantial returns for you and me, regardless of who controlled the executive branch. But remember that it has provided substantial returns, the stock market has, for those who've continued to participate in it, that those who didn't get in and out at certain times in their lives. Because oftentimes, we get out of the market when the news starts turning bad. And then we try and get in when the news starts getting good. But when we look at these news cycles, the stock market does not follow in line with the news. We get out when the market's already down. And then we get back in when the market's already snapped back. Because it snaps back so incredibly quickly. By the time the news cycle gets around to reporting, maybe this just was a scare after all because it spent the last few weeks getting our emotions brewing so we took some action. And it means we missed some of these substantial gains. So what's the conclusion to all of this, to this, all this noise we're hearing about the presidential election? What can we do? What we can do, my friends, is stick to our plan. If we know what our risk allocation is, if we know what we need to do to get from where we are right now to where we want to go, we need to stay the course. See, the stock markets help investors grow our assets so we can retire early or retire at all. So we can have a condo when we retire. So we can take care of our living expenses And that our money won't run out during retirement. So we can pay for our health care. So we don't have to borrow money from our children. So we can leave a legacy to our kids or to our church. But trying to make investment decisions based on the outcome of a presidential election is unlikely to result in reliable excess returns for investors. Period. At best, If we try and do this, any positive outcome based on this type of strategy will be a result of random luck, period. But at worst, it can lead to huge, costly mistakes. So I'm standing here today talking into this microphone, pretty tired. But wanting to get through to you that there is a strong case for investors, for you and for me to rely on patience and portfolio structure 
rather than trying to outguess the market in order to pursue investment returns. And folks, this is not us sitting on our hands. This is not us not doing anything. We always feel like we need to do something. So we need to make some decision with our investments or we're just letting them drift. That's not the case. Because it takes an incredible amount of discipline to stay in the market when the news is bad or when we fear that the president who we want to win doesn't win. We feel like the sky might be falling. It's not easy to stay disciplined. It's not easy to stay disciplined in anything. I know for sure because it's not easy for me to stay on a diet when I need to be. It's not easy. But if we stick together and we rely on each other, we're going to be winners in the long run. That much I can guarantee you. If you have any questions at all, please email me, scott at bestinwealth.com. If you want to download the illustrations, please go to bestinwealth.com too and download this article so you can look at these charts and graphs so you can anchor in your position that you're going to hold steady during this election process and through the cycle. Hey, everybody, have an awesome day and an awesome weekend. And I'm going to see you next time. And next time's going to be on a flip side. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.